Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your Good morning, Hamilton. Happy New Year. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment with the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Rick Zamprin. Yeah, Happy New Year. Holy cow, the uh, the year has come and gone. What a year it was in 2016 and what a December it was to end the year. We'll get into some uh, fantastic stats from the Real Estate Association of uh, Hamilton and Burlington. Uh, Jennifer Dreho also with us, sales rep with the Golfie team. I think making her record, I don't know, fourth, fifth, sixth appearance. Yeah, this is going to become my radio It's going to be the Jennifer Dreho <laughs> Real Estate Show pretty soon, yeah. Uh, we have uh, some listener questions as well that we'll get to throughout the program. If you have a question, you can email your quandary or query to questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We'll answer it on a future program. The website, robgolfie.com, Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. You can call them today at 905-575-7700 at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. So um, 2016 really ended with a bang. What a month it was for December. It, it was crazy. I normally December is um, uh, I, I find as kind of like uh, a month that you know everybody's just already thinking about holiday mode and mm-hmm. and uh, so there's and not my, a lot of action. Not a lot of action. My expectations for December sales are usually you know not high, but just okay. If I sell enough, you know, to break even with my uh, my business, I'll be I'll be happy. Right, right, right. But we actually crushed the record. We we more than doubled. Normally, what we do uh, for December, and and actually, uh, uh, the stats from the real estate board show that uh, sales sales mm-hmm. were up uh, for for the month of December compared to last year. Now, I know it was a hot year from beginning to end, but was there an expectation that yeah, it is December, Christmas is coming? It's it's probably going to slow down. It it there there was a little bit of a slowdown, yeah. but not not a big. Um, nothing like nothing like what's happened in the past. That's right. right? Yeah. So I mean, December is uh, you know I mean people are you know obviously in holiday you know, mode, holiday yeah. mode and everything else. But there, but because we're getting more investors mo- coming into Hamilton, um, investors it doesn't matter what time of the year they're still looking all yeah. the time. Um, and I think the people that are looking at moving into a house themselves they kind of probably maybe put a little bit on the back burner, and um, and then they'll re- resume and looking again in the new year. Mm. But uh, but yeah, the sales were good, strong sales, uh, and I th- and it's mostly because of outside uh, yeah. people coming into Hamilton. Do you think the weather, which was pretty good for December, helped as well? I think it really helped. I think that it's been sunny, warm, yeah. And typically, when it's really snowy, everybody wants to stay inside, but everybody's out looking. Yeah, well, like we don't have two feet of snow to uh, I know. walk it's through to look at house. You know what? It's been a long time. Um, that, you know, like we've been pretty lucky. I mean, if you, if you don't like snow, we've been pretty sure. lucky. Yeah. Uh, oh, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but lucky as in business wise, yeah. um, you know, showing homes and things like that, that, um, cause I, rem- I remember there's, you know, weeks and months, uh, in the past where there was heavy snow and, mm-hmm. and it's, it's tough. Like, you know, people are saying, you know, what? I'm not, you know, I don't feel like going through snowy weather, you know, take, you know, and, uh, looking at homes. Right. But uh, but but we have been lucky. There's no doubt about it. And I don't know how guys in Quebec 
or mm-hmm. out west, how they deal with the snow all the time mm-hmm. because, I mean, they have colder temperatures and sure. snow all the time. Yeah. So. I think out west, I think they're kind of shut down right now. They're yeah. not used to all the snow they're getting right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's not like they have two feet of snow either. I mean, it's a little bit of snow that they're not accustomed to having That's at right. this time of the year. But, but it's normal for them to, to, to look at houses in uh, two feet of snow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's get to some of these stats uh, for December. Uh, the uh, Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington reporting 904 sales were processed through uh, MLS last month. Sales were 13.1% higher than the same month last year and set a new high for the month of December. It was also the sixth month in 2016, so basically half the year, with a new monthly sales record right. i mean we all check marks record. across the board yeah we set uh records uh, uh this uh 2016 and december was uh was good i knew um um and it was hard to tell like actually we did quite a bit of sales between the 15th to the 30th of the month versus yeah. the really first. yeah i it, i definitely can agree with yeah, that one. i was and, very busy at that time yeah and, and and it's and it's funny like we were selling houses in between christmas and new year's and but I'll tell you, Rick. Um, month after month, our sales are strong between the fifteenth and the thirtieth mm-hmm. every month versus the first and in the fifteenth. In the I, I don't understand why. And I've I've talked to car dealers that uh, that own uh, a friend of mine owns several car dealerships, and I asked him, you know, are your sales stronger towards the end of the month versus the beginning? And he says, yeah. And really? I and I don't know why that's the trend, but. Mm-hmm. It seems that uh, the last two weeks of the month seems to be the where sales are stronger than the first first half of the month. Yeah. And in December, in in the back half of December, we have the holidays, and you know, buying and selling a home is not stress free. I mean, there's a lot of stress involved there, especially when you're dealing with family stress over the holidays. Now, compounding the stress of selling a home, uh, you know, those numbers are phenomenal. Yeah. No, they're great. And the other and the other hard part about that is. A lot of the, you know, trying to get pre-approvals with banks right, yeah. and home inspectors, they're all, everybody's on holiday mode, you know. Some of the, they say they're shut down for, you know, for the holidays. Try to get uh, the banks. I mean, you know, the yeah. banks were closed mm-hmm. quite a bit. You know, we've had, you know, New Year's Day and, and then the, the holiday, the day after New yep, Year's Day. that's right. And then uh, before Christmas, after Christmas. Like, yeah, for Boxing I mean, Day. we were lucky we had two, three days, you know, between the last two weeks. We were lucky mm-hmm. we had maybe five days that we can get banking stuff done with uh, closing deals and and getting approvals done with uh, Canada Mortgage and Housing. Yeah, yeah I, I can definitely say that uh, we were cramming a lot when I was working with a few first-time buyers. They were relentless. They wanted to get it done. They understood that there's less banking days. So they were quite <laughs> aggressive yeah. for December, for sure. C- can we say that in general, not just for December, that you know, knowing the market, knowing the GTA buyers very aggressive, that you know, just people in this city have become more aggressive when buying and selling property now? Yeah, I think so because um, we have no inventory, so it's very consistent all, ar- all around the Right, board, so when you see something on the market, I mean, people are jumping at it. Yeah, you, you have to make a decision. You, you yeah. can't think about it. And, and, and if you think about it, then you wait for the next house to come up on the market, and it's already fifteen twenty thousand right. dollars more. So you, it, it just costs you money. And sometimes the the people that are just getting into the market, they need to go through that, mm-hmm. and then they realize they can't, they cannot wait. They have to make a decision. Right. Um, and you know they got a little bit of of a grace period once they put an offer in on a house. You know we do have conditions as long as they're not not in multiple offers, not in, they're not in competition. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, you definitely have to make the move. And for instance, um, we're finding that there are there are houses sitting on the market right now 
and and this week is still a little bit of a holiday week because you know the kids are not in school yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know teachers and and so a lot of people have taken this week off right. this is a good week well this past week actually um is um has been good to buy real estate because I think you can actually negotiate. So the faster you start looking right now, um, you, you'll be able to get a deal. But once once the market starts kicking into gear, right. you, you're going to be you know you're going to pay the market value, and yeah. you might be in competition with with homes. That's the same thing we were talking about last week with Mike McNeil on on you know if you want to get in, you you better jump in now because the longer you wait, the higher the prices are going to go. Oh, absolutely. Right. I tell a lot of my clients, especially investors, you know this is the time to to buy because you know, the regular first-time buyers are typically not out looking for houses. They're getting ready for Christmas. So things do tend to sit a little bit longer. Right. Uh, so that does give you a little more opportunity to negotiate, although that trend is definitely fading fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As we said, people are a lot more aggressive. This is uh, the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. You can call Rob Golfie today at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website, at Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram, and check him out on Facebook as well. A couple more stats from uh, December 2016 in comparison to December 2015, according to the uh, Real Estate Association of uh, Hamilton Burlington. Uh, In terms of listings, so there were 688 homes listed in December of 2015. That jumped to 714 last month. That's a 3.8% increase. And in terms of sales, it went from 799 sales, so just shy of 800 in December of 2015, to 904 last month. So a jump of 105 homes changed hands from December 2015 compared to last month, a rise of 13.1%. Yeah, so look at that. Like We only had a 3.8% listing increase in inventory from uh, December to December. Yeah. And but we had a thirteen point one percent increase in sales. So again, you know, it's that ugly duckling, duckling uh, house out there uh, that probably sold that wouldn't have sold. Right. Um, like all, and for all, more money too. And, and <laughs> for, yeah, and for and for for mo- more money. That's for sure. Um, it just uh, you know people are looking and you know again you know like I always said you know we're undervalued in Hamilton and it's yeah. going to continue that way. Uh, another number for you: the average sale price. So in December of 2015, the average uh, sale price in Hamilton uh, in Burlington four hundred thirty-two thousand nine hundred seventy dollars. That has gone up fifteen point one percent. Now standing at just shy five hundred thousand dollars, four hundred ninety-eight thousand four hundred seven. That is phenomenal. I know. Wow. It, it, it is. Yeah, like I, I work a lot downtown, and I know that just downtown center, Hamilton Center, went up $100,000 since last wow. year. And <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did it. That's a good surprise, though. <laughs> Pretty that's sure. A, that's we a good surprise. <laughs> And in comparison, Toronto, obviously, in the GTA is still going up. The Toronto Real Estate uh, Board saying that uh, the average house price in the GTA, which includes Oakville, which, you know, the average price there is now over a million, King City over a million, Richmond Hills over a million, Toronto proper, obviously, well over a million. Uh, but the average price in the GTA is $720,000. So in comparison, you're looking at Hamilton at 498 thinking, yeah, let's let's head over to Hamiltonia. Yeah, it's, it, it's a bargain for them coming out this way. Especially, um, you know, if they, if they got uh, uh, two household incomes coming in, and uh, they're they're coming this way buying the properties, and and, and if they're using their Toronto agent agents coming in, mm-hmm. that's where they're actually hurting themselves because mm-hmm. uh, the homeowner, the seller here in Hamilton is is benefiting from it because the agent that they're using, if he's an outside agent from Toronto, he doesn't know the market, right? And he's just seeing the numbers. He's just you know he's going, hey, this is a great deal, yeah. and they buy it, and so. 
sometimes they overpay for it. Okay, and, and like I mean, they will do well on the price, but right. sometimes they'll overly. Like you'll see the one that ends up selling for like an outrageous price. Yeah, and uh, and we know that's from an outside agent, didn't know the market. And then when these people move in, they realize, oh, you know, they pay too much. Hopefully, the market continues, mm-hmm. which it looks like it will. That the market will catch up to the price that they paid for. Yeah, and uh, and then everything's good. But uh, but you don't want to be the last guy in the game. That's right. And he overpays for a house, and then it could take him. It could take him a long time yeah. to uh, to recoup that uh, that what he overpaid for. Without a doubt. All right, yeah. we're up against our first break here. When we come back, some listener questions. And if you have a question, you can email questions at robgolfie.com. Again, questions at robgolfie.com. You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Jennifer Dreho, also a sales rep with the Golfie team, in along for the ride once again. Uh, we're uh, recapping some incredible stats from uh, December from the uh, Real Estate uh, Realtors Association of Hamilton, Burlington. Another fantastic month for uh, local realtors in 2016, capping off a great 2016. If you have a question for Rob, questions at robgolfie.com is the email. Questions at robgolfie.com. Check them out online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. 905 575 7700 is the phone number. He's all over Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find him on social media at Rob Golfie. Let's get to a couple of uh, listener questions here. We'll start with Julia from Ancaster, who emailed questions at robgolfie.com. Uh, what are investors looking for when they're looking at properties, and what is their bottom line? and the minimum or maximum they would want to spend? A lot of questions there. Maybe we'll start with what are investors looking for when they're looking at properties? We'll, well start with that. There, there's there's two types of investors. and the uh, Good and bad? Uh, good and bad. <laughs> Actually, Jenny's experienced both. <laughs> so, um, the one type investor is uh, the one that is going to buy the home and rent out the house right. and collect the rent and... And uh, and then hopefully the inflation, you know, how the value of the property sure. goes up, and they build equity. Yeah. And but there's also a cap rate. And what what especially for commercial properties and commercial banking, um, the p- investors are looking for a cap rate of especially in this economy now is probably seven eight percent is a good cap rate. Ten percent is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it'll cap and cap rate. You know what is cap rate? The, you know, the cap rate is the capitalization. Uh, you know, we call it uh, cap rate is the ratio of net operating income to the property asset value. So, for example, if a property was listed for a million dollars and generated a net operating income of a hundred thousand, then the cap rate would be a uh, hundred thousand divided by a million, w- which is ten percent cap rate. Okay. So now, if you had your money in the bank uh, and making money at two or three percent. Um, that's all you're going to make, but it's right. it's a sure thing. You're going to make money at two or three percent. But if you put your money into a property and you get you know a ten percent cap rate, mm-hmm. obviously your money's doing a lot better than it would in the in the bank. Uh, right. What the banks would offer. So within ten years, basically you're going to get your money back, and then and then some afterwards. Th- that's right. right, and plus the equity growth and everything else. Yeah. So that investor uh, and that that can become a problem. 
also because I, I I've got in uh, investment properties and I have rentals mm-hmm. and I, I you know uh, I've dealt with tenants and had to evict them and you know had sheriffs and pull them out you know they and um, pick the wrong tenant and, and um, so you got you go through that and that's not for everyone right um, it, it's not an easy thing it's it's the cost of doing business um, the only thing is uh, you get a good tenant you'll if they stay there for 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. they basically paid the house off for you. Right. You're, you're, you're good to go. Um, and, and the good way, and another way with that is that as time goes on, um, you, you can refinance the house and take the equity out mm-hmm. and buy something else things. without paying taxes. Right. The only time you'll pay taxes is when you sell the house. So if you own the house for 30 years, you can mm-hmm. pull out, you know, probably two, $300,000 tax-free at the time. Yeah. And buy other properties, but when you sell the property, then you'll have to pay the tax on right. the capital gains on that. So that's the one type of investor who's in it for the long haul. In it for right? the long haul, and that, that's and that's what I'm I, I usually do. I'm in for the long haul, build equity, right, and you know, and hopefully pay off some of the properties. And down when I uh, I retire, I, I've got rental income mm-hmm. that'll pay for my uh, my living. Right. Um, the other the other type is the uh, um, is the one that uh, you're flipping properties. So now, like, Je- Jenny has done both. <laughs> Which one do you like better, Jennifer? I don't like any of them. <laughs> like he was talking about collecting rent and all those things. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm experiencing that firsthand, and it's not fun. It's, it's, I feel bad about it, but, you know, you, you, you can't, you, it brings out the worst in me. Sure, sure. You have to be the bad cop, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not yeah. nice, especially, you know, in, in Christmas time sure. and things like that. But then the flipping part of it, which is the other investment part, too, I mean, you really have to know what you're doing. Sure. And yeah. uh, like the question, you know, what are they looking for? They're looking for a deal at the end of the day. Right. You know, and each each flipper even is different than the next because they all have different standards of what they want to do, mm-hmm. um, different perspectives. So at the end of the day, you know, the the margins have to make sense for whoever it is. Right. You know, you've got to make money at the end of the day. Yeah. That's, that's the bottom line. Flipping a property can be a risk. Uh, it, it's a higher risk than buying the property to own. Oh, to, yeah. To, to hang on to it. Yeah. Um, because you have to estimate it. And a lot of people, um, and you better have the right real estate agent helping you buy that flip because uh, you can end up uh, buying it and spending money and then all of a sudden sell, selling it for less than what you what you put mm-hmm, into it. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that happen many times. Yeah. Uh, so be c- very careful uh, when you're looking for a flip. And it, it, it is it is a big risk. Make sure you have the time to do it. I mean... Yeah, and carrying costs, too, are another uh, another big expense that a lot of people don't realize. Um, so that would be, you know, if you don't sell the home, now you're paying the mortgage for a few months. Yeah, you're right? paying all the heat, all, all taxes, the utilities, everything. taxes, everything. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't realize how much that starts adding up right. over time. Lawyer so, fees would be in there, yeah. right? Yeah, every, everything. So... So that that you have to calculate and sit down and and go over that um, when you're uh, buying flips and it, and a lot of um, uh, what do you call it professional flippers they usually have the cash to buy the house cash hmm. like they don't have no mortgage on it wow. so they're they don't so their money is sitting in in the property a hundred percent of their money and they can afford to hang on to the property for four or five months without having any mortgage payments the right. only thing they're paying is uh taxes, taxes and, and, and heat stuff, hydro right. whatever it's cost them to to keep the house operating yeah but um but not anybody can do that so that's one aspect of it the other aspect of it is which now jennifer has experienced that this year last year in 2016 now the other aspect of it is again buying renting a house out you can deal and depending the type of property you have the worst condition the house is in mm-hmm. you're going to get 
you know, not great tenants. Right. It's just it's just the way it goes. And uh, so you have to be careful. So try to buy something decent with a good cap rate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it is difficult in this uh, market to get a cap rate of 10%. Um, like we've got one on Ruth Street. Um, it's it, We're listing it for... We listed it for four hundred thousand. We'll probably you probably get about twenty four hundred dollars a month income on there uh, for the property, which right. is a, which is a good income for for a property. And the, and the cap rate on that one, I, I don't have the calculations in front of me, but it, it's definitely probably in the five to right. seven range. So when you're eyeballing a property, can you guesstimate what that cap rate would be, or do you have to actually crunch the numbers to say, all right, this is this is how it's going to work you, out? You should crunch the numbers, yeah. um, but a lot of a lot of uh, you know, new investors aren't really looking at the cap rate. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of looking at a property because they know values are going up mm-hmm. and they just want to buy property. So if they're looking at a townhouse that's between 350 and 400,000, um, you know, maybe they got five or 10, 20% down. They just want to make sure that they're, the mortgage, the taxes and insurance is covered by the rental. Whoever's income. living there, right. So if that's what the new investor or the amateur investor is doing. They want to make sure that that's being covered. Mm-hmm. And if that's covered, they're happy. And um, and then that's when, uh, you know, you, that we're getting a lot of those investors in the city right but now. But at the end of the day, when I'm trying to deal with some of these buyers, you know, they look at the, the fact that we went up 20% this last year. Right. And I, that in itself is, is value, right? So, I mean, cap rate doesn't always apply, mm-hmm. but, um, but yeah. it, as long as they can break even every month uh, with the rental, then I think Th- They're happy, yeah. 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 Well, especially in, in uh, commercial financing, they... Um, like usually in commercial properties, you have to put about a 40 to 40, I think 40% down is the minimum that usually they want on commercial properties. Hmm. Now, so we had a property that, uh, we sold, um, and it was, um, they were asking just over, uh, 3 million, $3 million for it. Okay. Uh, we negotiated, uh, 2.8 million for it and the banks went in and, and they got all the, um, the numbers, the income and expenses and the banks felt that, uh, it should have been at 2.4 million for the sale price. That's the actual actual value what right. the banks felt. So this guy was overpaying 400 thousand for it. Wow. So um, we we tried to renegotiate a little more off the price once the banks did the um, did their analysis on it, and um, we it was hard to bu- to to push him for more money. We got a little bit off, but my client didn't care. He mm-hmm. knew this was going to be a great property down the road. Uh, and um, he, 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 he overpaid for a property probably 350000 Wow. Um, and the banks sometimes want you to put an additional 350000 to make up that difference. <laughs> yeah, so, so you have to – that's, that's in the commercial end. Mm-hmm. And on the residential, it's not as much – like, I mean, you know, if you have a $400,000 property and you're paying 500000 for it, the banks are going to say, there's no way it's worth that. Sorry, we're not going to, you know, finance right. that. Yeah. But uh, but you definitely have to be careful on uh, what you're buying. And uh, but but because there's so much money out there right now, that investor didn't care. He wanted it. He was putting 50 percent down anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, so in 10, 10 years from now, that house, that property that he bought for two point seven um, is going to be worth probably three point five. And, you know, so he's made he's well ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So we uh, you know talked about two types of investors. Just going back to Julia's uh, question. Uh, basically, they're both in it for the same thing. And that's return on investment. The flipper wants a quicker return. That long term investor, obviously, you know, years down the road is going to get that, that right. nest egg, basically. Right. OK. So part two of her question, um, what is their bottom line in terms of investors looking for properties? What is their bottom line and the minimum or maximum they would want to spend? I guess it 
it depends on the property, obviously. Yeah, like it's it, it it's hard. Like you like in different parts of the city. Like I mean, uh, even for myself, when I if I'm looking for a property to buy, uh, it, it is more difficult to buy an investment property here on on the Hamilton Mountain. Mm. Uh, West West uh, Hamilton, you have the student rentals, and you, you just sold one, Jennifer, uh, uh, the um, student rental. Oh, I just I sold two. I sold one uh, on the mountain and one down by McMaster. Okay. Speaking of overpaying, my poor client. <laughs> <laughs> the one down by Mac. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was. It was. But he knew it, and so as long as he knew it, everybody yeah. was good. But yeah, it's. Uh, it, yeah. It was. It was. It was bad. Yeah, so the student, you know <laughs> but what? they're looking at the long term gain, right? They're looking long term, yeah. and 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 just hoping that the because we're appreciating so so fast, right. so quickly. I mean, we're hoping that we can maintain that that trend for the upcoming years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are taking a risk. I mean, but I think real estate at the end of the day is the safest. Yeah, the safest investment. Yeah, like I mean, the student rentals. I mean, you're getting four four fifty uh, per bedroom per room in, mm-hmm. per room in the house. But you have to be careful. Uh, there's bylaw people out there driving around making sure that you're yeah, not yeah. overstacking too many students in one house because right. it's, it is a fire hazard uh, if you've got bedrooms in the basement with no windows. But, uh, but you know, investors, they don't care. They're buying them, and, and if there's enough money coming in, they're paying for it. And, mm-hmm. and the, the price are being driven because of outside buyers. So, I, you know, you have a Toronto a couple. They have a... a, a, a uh, a child going to McMaster, and they say, "Well, let's buy a property, yeah. and you can rent it out to some of your friends, and then you know we'll build equity and all that." Mm-hmm. So everybody's doing this. There's a turnover every four to five years hmm. in uh, in the West End when it comes to student rental properties. Yeah. So bottom line is is just making money. I think as long yeah. as yeah. there's, it doesn't matter. I mean, for a flipper, you you kind of want to make more than twenty thousand dollars on a on a flip. Otherwise, it's not really worth mm-hmm. it. Right. Um, but yeah, as long as you're making money, I think. That's the bottom You're line. You're ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rob Golfie in studio, sales representative with REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. We're also joined in studio by Jennifer Dreho, sales rep with the Golfie team. You can call them today at 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. And you can check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. If you have a question for Rob, questions at RobGolfie.com is the email address. Here's one from Frank from Hamilton. What kind of investment should I be looking for, and how liquid will my real estate investment be? Well, when you when you're buying, uh, depending on what kind of investment you're buying, if it's stocks or 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 whatever, you can actually liquidate them fast, easy. But uh, real estate, if you need money. Um, it takes sometimes 60 days for you to get your money. So um, if somebody owns an apartment building, let's say a small, like, you know, sixplex or tenplex uh, property, it's going to be a little harder and it'll take a little longer sometimes to sell those because um, the buyer has to have a little more money down payment. Right. It's not just your average buyer with 5 or 10, 20% down. Um, so those will take a little longer. So to get your money out of those will take sometimes maybe four months to, to, to get your money. To however, 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 <laughs> speaking of the 10 flex, 12 flex and what have you. Yes, you have personal seem, experience in this. Uh, uh, <laughs> they seem to be going like hotcakes they, they these are. days. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty ridiculous. We're talking about um, detached homes and like duplexes. Well, it's actually the apartment buildings that we can't just we can't keep up with. Them. Really? There's yeah. a definite, definitely high demand and people are paying cash. Wow. Outside buyers paying cash for these. So, the, c- can we say this is the most popular investment 
opportunity in Hamilton? It's hard. It, they're very hard to come. Yeah, by. yeah, um, yeah. And if and if they if they are available at a good price, they need a lot of work. Right. And, yeah. and is that because when people do get them, they hold on to them because they are lucrative? Well, you you can buy an apartment building right now for a million bucks, say a tenplex, where you can't do that in Toronto. Right. You know, in, in the grand scheme of things, and and you're getting a good cap rate. It, it's worth it to some of these people. Yeah. Um, so they are definitely in demand. Uh, they're far and few between, but. Yeah, they're, they're but the 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 buyers out the money's out there. The, the buyers out there. There's no going, doubt about it. And they're going in competition as well. Yeah, wow. yeah. There was and, one. And on we're King seeing Street. the GTA investors coming here too and, and doing this because yeah, they can't yeah. get yeah, it back. They, they all are. They, they yeah. all. They're all coming out out of out of, uh, out of town. Like the, you had you had a buyer for one on King Street that was a great deal. Yeah, we lost in competition. There was yeah. Uh, was it six? Others. Was it six units or? Yeah, six units. Immaculate building and. Uh, lost out yeah that wow. was a, a great buy for whoever whoever picked that up yeah, yeah. and this is downtown, downtown on king on king yeah wow Good so here's the lrt factor in right that's like right. the toronto investors saying hey yeah. lrt's coming in 10 years i can start building the equity and then really charge a lot when lrt comes in yeah yeah, yeah. wow it's definitely an undervalued market yeah uh, great, great location yeah. like you know good location uh you know close to shopping buses everything else mm-hmm. you are going to get uh a lot of people interested in that yeah uh it's you know close to highways and all that kind of maybe i should sell my building in, in east <laughs> hamilton hold on to <laughs> that I got shit. A buyer. cash in <laughs> uh when we come back more questions uh, from our listeners and again if you have a question questions at robgolfie.com find them online robgolfie.com and call them at 905-575-7700 the hamilton real estate show continues on am 900 chml Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team, and Jennifer Drejo, sales rep with the Golfie team as well. Call them today, 905-575-7700. That's 575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website, RobGolfie.com, at RobGolfie on Instagram and Twitter, and check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. If you have a question for Rob, Email questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that email address, questions at robgolfie.com. Here's a question from Tommy from Stony Creek. I just got pre-approved for a loan, but I think I want to buy a car, or should I wait until after I close on the house, or can I go buy that car? Do not buy anything. <laughs> don't, don't, don't do it, do Tommy. It. Don't do it. Um, <laughs> if, if, if you get approved, you, got, you secured the, the property, and the bank said, no problem. Now you're waiting for your closing date. Do not go and buy anything between the time that you've uh, firmed up your deal to the time of the closing date. And some, a lot of people do. Um, they'll go buy. You know, they feel, they're all happy. And they say, hey, listen, I got this house now. Let's, let's <laughs> put a new, nice new car in the driveway. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes even with, with buying appliances, they should talk to the to the bank or the mortgage uh, broker that mm. uh, that got them pre-approved to make sure that you know that won't jeopardize their the sale on closing date. And right, right. Banks will do a credit check 
the day before closing. And and they, if they see all of a sudden that you've bought uh, other stuff on credit, mm-hmm. they, they will pull the plug on it. And really? then that's part of the contract that they signed. So they have no liability or legal issues because yeah. they signed you know, something with the bank. And uh, and then now they they can deal in the lawsuit with the with the seller that they didn't close that deal. So it right. could be well, you know. So be very careful when you're uh, buying some. We've had some uh, you know really, eh? issues uh, and incidences like that. So what does that person do? I mean, they've 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 got secure. They got the loan. They they got that approval. They make a purchase, and now they get bounced. What's their recourse? What happens? Well, Are they just out of luck? there's two ways. They, now they may have to get a, a co-signer. Oh, okay. Uh, and they have to get reapproved. So sometimes that delays the closing date right. uh, because the banks will come all of a sudden and say, nope, we're not we're not going to give the money because they don't qualify with the debt uh, ratio that they have. Sure. So, or, um, yeah, they just or have to don't. come up more with more money down or, or whatever. It, it is. It is. It, it, it doesn't happen often. I mean, I don't know how many times. Like, we sell a lot of houses on our team. Um, I mean, it could happen, you know, once a year once we, a have, we have an issue yeah. and they have to scramble yeah. and uh, do something uh, on closing mm-hmm. date. And is that something the bank or a mortgage broker will tell an individual? Like, hey, you've been approved now, just don't screw it up. I mean, you hope so. I mean, the more experienced uh, mortgage yeah. uh, advisor or mortgage broker will tell them. And I know, it, it, I have to ask, I think the RBC, they once they approve you, they don't change it. Even if you lose your job, they still will, yeah. you, you're still... They they guarantee the uh, mm-hmm. uh, the, the funds. Mm-hmm. They guarantee the funds on closing day for you, and uh, so uh, some banks they they have different uh, uh, options and uh, that they offer. And I know the I think RBC does have something that's pretty good. A little plug for them, I guess here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, definitely be careful. Uh, uh, you know, everybody always wants new appliances, but a lot of the homes right now. Are sold with the appliances. Mm-hmm. I would just wait till once you have the house and in, in, you have the keys for the house, right. and then and then start making that move into buying things because, you know, if you get no say if if you're said no to buying a car or buying appliances, it's not a big deal. Right. But all of a sudden on closing date, you got your stuff packed, you're ready to go, yeah. and now all of a sudden the bank says, no, we're not giving you the money because you bought a car. What are you going to do? Yeah. Right. You're going to live in your car then. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's a new car. It's yeah, got that new it's car a big smell. One. Big suburban. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple minutes in this segment to talk about uh, partnerships. Oh, okay. Well, uh. Uh, so <laughs> partnerships in buying in real estate. Yes. Uh, should you or shouldn't you? That is the That's question. That's the question. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So I have a lot of friends. They, you know, they always say, hey, Rob, let's do something together. And and I tell them, you know, you know, I want to keep you as a friend. Um I I personally it just depends on the relationship. Right. But if you have one person that does more than the other, um you are going to go through some uh tough times and you're going to have some you're going to create an ulcer because you're going to hold back. Talk to Jenny, she'll I, tell you. I'm going to relate it to when you when you have a baby and you're married and you have a baby hmm. and you start disliking your husband because you're changing more diapers than him. <laughs> kind of like that. Great analogy. And then you and then you start resenting them over the years, something like that. That's kind of how partnerships can be right. with yeah. owning real estate together as yeah, well. Yeah. So yeah. only you have a boatload of money involved. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and it, and and then it becomes you know a fine line of you know who's doing what and say one wants out then what do you do right, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of a uh, lot of things that go along with that. Yeah. So obviously communication right from the first step is key. You know who's going to do what, who's in charge of what. You know but, what happens if. Yeah. But that not, doesn't that's happen the all the time, right? No, it doesn't. Everybody says they're going to do that. Right. And like I've had partnerships way back. 
uh, years ago, uh, there was four of us that had a partnership in uh, in a property. It was on Herkimer, and I'll never forget uh, 44 Herkimer and uh, big semi, um, and it and it had four units in the building, mm-hmm. and um, the uh, there was four of us. We bought uh, 25% share of each one. But two of us were only doing all the work on the property, collecting the rents, getting the lawns right. cut. This is years ago. Uh, but the two of us that were doing all the work, we wanted out. We didn't want to be part of this right. anymore. So there was and some animosity building up Yeah, there. because, you know, like, I mean, they were, I, we felt we were being used because right. they are benefiting the this property, yeah. uh, you know, going up in value. But we're doing all the work for it. And we're not even paying ourselves for it. So... So we actually, you know, we said, hey, listen, you guys want to buy us out? Mm-hmm. And we, we asked them to buy us out exactly what we put in. And um, so they did. And at the end of the day, what happened was for two years, there was always a for rent sign on the property. <laughs> so they obviously weren't uh, wow. landlords or, or uh, uh, so they, they had a problem. They, so th- there was no doubt the two best people uh, left the, the little uh, partnership, yeah. and they scrambled and they lost money on that uh, on that property. Wow! One last segment to come here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show. Stay tuned. It's AM nine hundred CHML. Around here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on AM 900 CHML, Rick Samprin in studio today with Rob Dolphy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Jennifer Trejo also on board. She is a sales representative with the Golfy team as well. Uh, recap some great stats on uh, the uh, Hamilton uh, Burlington uh, real estate uh, sector here in town. Uh, another fantastic year in 2016, a great December. If you missed any part of uh, the earlier part of this program, you can go to uh, the website 900CHML.com. Go to robgolfy.com. All the previous shows and this show is uh, online. 905-575-7700 is the phone number to get in on all the real estate fun here in Hamilton. Call the Golfy team today. Again, 905-575-7700. Partnership stories. There's a lot of them going around uh, here in Hamilton, Burlington. Some work and some don't and some uh, maybe need a little bit of work. Yeah, it's, you know what, I, I think partnerships are good, but I think the best partnership is if you can borrow money. And <laughs> and not have them as a partner <laughs> because it's always good to be uh, like if, if you're ambitious and you want to get ahead in life, right? It's and you have a partner that is, is just on for the ride. Um, you are gonna you are gonna work. You're gonna carry the load. Mm-hmm. And like t- talk about like Jennifer. She's got a, she's got a partner in in a property on on Barnsdale. I right. won't. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so and she's so there's there, we got two different personalities mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. this partnership. Tell the story, Jenny. Yeah, no, I think I've had a pretty full year. I've done a, a flip, you know, I've gotten an investment property and I, I went in with a partner and like Rob was saying before, you know, partnerships, it, it, you know, there's always one person that does a little bit more, sure. but, um, you know, I'm kind of experiencing that myself and just, I just want out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it seems very fun in the beginning mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. you know, but then once you start getting in, involved more, you know, I'm collecting rent now. I'm not loving it. You know, having to beat down right. doors yeah. every single month. Thing, right? It's not my yeah. thing. I'm not mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I have to be mean and I don't like it. <laughs> you know, and just starting to like keep the upkeep and all and all that kind of stuff. Right. I live closer than this other person too, so it's a little more convenient for me. Right, right, right. Um, but that shouldn't be 
you know, a reason to uh, to have one person doing more than the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's definitely, you know, it's, it can be challenging for a friendship. It can be challenging for any relationship. Sure. Um, even if you were to do it with a spouse or whoever, you right. know, you just should definitely outline who's doing what and and just go from there. Yeah, I was going to say, what what would be that biggest advice for you to give a, an investor who's thinking about going in on a property with, you know, a partner or, or even a few people? Uh, I, Rob said it best, you know, if you're going to borrow money from somebody and to buy your own property, that's, I think that's the best way it, to do it. It, it. is, yeah, because mm-hmm. I'll tell you, partnerships, they they do get ugly. And, um, and then eventually, uh, usually it's the more, then, then you're stuck with somebody that is a partner of yours that's going to benefit from your hard work. Sure. And, uh, and then the only way out is either sell the property or if you don't have the money, um, like, or try to buy the person out. But if you don't have the money, right. it, it's going to be tough. And then the thing is, as you're you know, going through this stress with this partner, property values are going up. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. now to buy this person out is going to be more expensive. Right. So I've, I would find a way where... You can have a relative say, "Listen, I want to buy this property. Uh, you know, can I borrow twenty five thousand dollars? And in two years, I will give it back to you, mm-hmm. and hopefully, the property values go up. I can refinance the property, give you the twenty five thousand dollars, and you own the property uh, full out without any uh, outright, without any partnerships, without right. anybody. Um, there's a lot of ways of doing it. Um, yes, partnerships do work. I think uh, you just have to have the right person." Hmm. Um, you know, if you have a, uh, you know, if it's a, a brother or sister that you think that, you know, you grew up with that person, you, you know who they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, do you know somebody that will lend me $25,000 for two years? No interest. Sounds like a good Cause plan. I don't have an uncle like that or, or an aunt. It's oh, Uncle Rob. There you go. There you go. She's looking for an uncle out there. Anybody out there? That's hilarious. But, uh, but yeah, definitely you have to be careful. There's no doubt. Partnerships, uh, I'll tell you, you know, uh, become ugly and, and and everybody loses after because you end up selling a great property mm-hmm. and nobody nobody ends up having it and it goes on to the next people. But right. uh, but try to but you really got to get to know the person that uh, you're buying with. If they're if they're passive and they just you know not do anything and and you're going to be holding you're going to be holding uh, the bag on that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, this is officially the first show of 2017. Any prognostications or predictions on whether this year is going to be as good or even better than last year? I think uh, this year is going to be even better, uh, and I think it's going to be the first half of the year, and uh, and then I think it, it will taper a little bit hmm. uh, through the summer, but I think the, the first five months of this year is going to be uh, insane when it comes to things. So if you get jump on, jump on the wagon right now and get something, uh, probably by May, uh, you probably can sell the same property for $25,000, $30,000 more. That's <laughs> yeah. how crazy it's going to yeah. get. Are yeah. you guys ready for a break, or...? No, no breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep on trucking. <laughs> we My just goodness. keep going. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for coming in uh, once again uh, for the Hamilton Real Estate Show. Uh, we will see you guys, uh, and I'm sure Jennifer on a future program as well, uh, here uh, in studio. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Thank Ray. you. All right, and we will see you, our listeners, uh, back here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show next Saturday at 9 on AM 900 CHML.